Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. edition of Ask an Analyst, and our analyst on call, on duty, is none other than Coop. <laughs> hello, Coop. Hello, hello. How you doing? Hello, and myself, which uh, by day I am a business analyst myself, so together we tag team and uh, talk about the topic of the day as well as answer your questions, and we look forward to you sharing your experiences, your perspective. So hot topic, and our topic for the day, you know, to this this month uh, I've dubbed it and been using the hashtag, it's Job Search January. You know, a lot of people <laughs> in January, <laughs> they do that, that reset. It's a New Year resolution. You start evaluating where you are, where you're going. And so, and, and even there's statistics that show that job search uh is on the rise in January. So we're going to explore that for sure. And I want to say hello to those people dialing in. Uh, 678 and 404 are in full force. So thank you for joining us on today's call. As we talk about what's your next move, let's talk about what's your next move, especially for our business analysts on Twitter and on the Internet and social media that have been following along on this series. And uh, also, too, project managers are welcome. Product managers are welcome. Um, because in I'm just going to get right to it, Coop. You know, uh, you and I just were talking about this this topic, and not everyone who's doing business analysis necessarily recognize that they're doing business analysis and, and vice versa. So why don't you kind of talk us, start us in on that, that segment when we talk about this whole path of a business analysis, analysis in general, um, how it's a, a little bit convoluted and sometimes confusing. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say I hope February doesn't get the hashtag forget about it February, you know, and everybody <laughs> goes back to doing things the way they they always were and, and forget about improving or deciding, you know, where they're going to make their next move. So keep keep that going. I love that job search January. That's hilarious. Um, so, you know, what I was talking about, and it was based off a, a blog that I that. I heard right before we got on the call today, I heard that it was going to be released by BA Times um, today. So it's a, it was based on an article I read um, 
the uh, Business Insider, and it was titled How Facebook's Design Team Organizes Its Critique Meetings. Um, and it was about the way they do it is so nobody gets offended and everyone has clear goals. And I just love the way they talked about that. And to me, when you got deeper into what they did, they they were using two critical disciplines. One was improv, They and I'll, I could mention that too, but they – they talked about using improv and how to have positive conversations and the things I talk about as it relates to applying improv skills to, to, to business and the ways to be a better collaborator and be positive but also be able to critique somebody. Um, and the other piece was business analysis. And one of the, the things that they talked about, the first step in their process, was to make sure everyone understands and agrees to the problem that the, is trying to be addressed via the design that they're looking to have critiqued. Um, you know, and they even said if teams don't have a shared understanding of the problem or goal that's trying to be achieved, then their chances of success are going to be limited. Then how can you critique? If nobody's on the same page, how can you critique um, the design? So to me, I'm like, wow, that screams business analysis, right? That's exactly what we all talk about is the key thing to, to do in business analysis is make sure there's a shared understanding of the goal, so then you can develop solutions. Um, but they not once in this article, and I don't think you know their product designer Tanner Christensen would have ever said that. Yeah, I'm a business analyst, or I do business analysis. Um, but it's happening everywhere, every day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's a, to varying degrees. And I think that you know, I, I think shows like ours are to kind of. Uh, elevate awareness and and to talk, and that's why we talk about this isn't just a show that's directed to a business analyst audience. Um, it for some, I think it's going to kind of awaken in them that you've got that analytical skill set that that's transferable to what you're doing. Um, on our previous call, we had some gentlemen that called in that they are doing more system analysis. They might even be doing more like a help desk or even networking. But at the end of the day, part of their job is assessing a situation, troubleshooting it, trying to find solutions, making sure they have all the, the information uh, around the, the problem, maybe even you know getting to the, the root cause. And so now that they're looking for a place to transition to, business analysis has piqued their interest, and, and, and they called in. And, right. and, and that's what I think is so in, important. I think that, um, yeah, and, uh, you know. It, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you go. No, I was going to say, and we just got off a, a call last night, not you and I. Um, me and another colleague got a, off a call with another client that recognized this. They took some. VA classes with us, but they're like, you know what, these skills might be needed by the the folks that are site leads. So they have they have a main campus, but then they have um, a number of sites where people and they're they're office buildings, and they, there's projects that they have going on, whether it's infrastructure or you know their wiring projects. Um, I think one, you know, some were telecommunication related projects, and um, they're bringing us in to help those folks and not be business analysts that people think of as working on application, software application projects, right? These are other initiatives that you still, like you just said, you still need to do all this analysis related. You have to know what stakeholders are engaged and who's going to be impacted and 
um, how to take what what the overall goal is and then break it down and get the right people involved to actually implement the solution. Absolutely, and that's why I think that. Uh, again, this this whole segment that we're doing on Ask an Analyst and kind of exploring and, you know, um, helping people to, to be aware that, uh, again, it goes back to even entrepreneurs uh, that we've been uh, talking to on our other series and been inviting them over to listen in on this one because, again, I, I can't say it enough. It goes back to if you're trying to dissect a problem, identify a problem, uh, find a solution, you know, if you're trying to set expectations with your client or your customer um, and helping meet a need and bring business value, all of those are transcend just IT. So this isn't just a show about IT. And and I dare say a lot of the, the classes that we teach, with, whether through B2T um, around business analysis, there are important skill sets there that help you hone. The, you know, this area at the same time, everybody's doing it in some form or fashion at the same time. It's a discipline area, a profession, with certifications, a body of knowledge that you could leverage to help you do it even better however you apply it. And, and, and that's right. something, you know, we've talked about, Coop. Yep, Absolutely. So I'm I'm really excited about that and and again uh, as people line up on on the phone lines excited to have our audience we may have some people out there that are in that space where they were thinking about transitioning into business analysis and tr- wanting to maybe talk through how to map what they currently do to business analysis how to break into it whether it's in IT or in other areas um, the second piece is. Also, we want to speak to those who are already in business analysis, maybe been in there for a while. And I see uh, one of those numbers on the line I, I recognize, and we're going to uh, go to the phone line and talk to some people who have been doing business analysis and can share firsthand how their career has evolved and uh, what opportunities uh, business analysis has lent itself to. So. We welcome everybody to the phone lines, and if you have something you want to say or ask, press 1, and we will check in on you and, and get you uh, in our in our queue. But I'm, I'm happy to go to the, the phone lines, and, and uh, one of the, the people who uh, dialed in here right up front was um, our very own Elisa. Hello, Elisa. How are you today? Hi, everyone. I'm sorry I've got a cold, but I'm doing great, and I just wanted to say thank you to Coop and to Jacqueline uh, for setting up this call once again. You guys always seem to pick the best subjects that really apply to us, and so you're always in season. <laughs> you're always you're always in season. But uh, really quick, what I wanted to talk about was the fact that I I have been in this role for a while, and I kind of went on a little hiatus, so I've been doing a scrum master requirements management type of role. But what is taking place now uh, with my employer is that they've actually got an actual blueprint in place for uh, people like myself that want to actually transition into a product manager role. And so uh, there's a great... um, there's, there are a lot of skills, uh, lateral skills in the business analyst or business analysis role that I see that are just transferring right on over into that product manager um, skill set. And they have an actual technology development training plan set up for us to uh, take on that role. So um, 
a lot of the like the, the uh, skills that we already have. They, you know, uh, from a training perspective, like business analysis and and requirements validation and verification and on and so forth. Those transfer over very nicely. But there are there are more skill sets uh, like on the leadership side that that they want us to make sure that we hone in on. So, uh, you know, there's there's a litany of that. So if there if there are specific questions about what those are, then we can talk about that. But for the most part, what I have found personally is that um, my my skill set is transferring over nicely into that product manager uh, transformation for um, well, they call it transformation 2020, and you've probably heard that now because it's becoming an industry term uh, for many different corporations. Yeah, Alicia, I don't know if you could just share like a couple of those skills that other than, you know, the the BA skills that you have, but what like specifically around leadership, what are they looking for and um what do you think? Where are your like personally, where do you feel knowing more about the job? What do you think the areas that you need to grow in? Right. Uh very good question. Um some of the courses that they want to make sure that we or skills that we take on are um, the courses like business case development, which kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that was one of them, and I found that to be a very rewarding course that they made made available for us. And so they have this portal set up where you go out to these uh, major universities and you take these courses, and then some of the other classes that. Uh, we are taking and skills that they want us to make sure that we bring to the table are um, we'll have to then, in addition to doing analysis, they want us to take take on things like competitive marketing strategies, selecting mm-hmm. and implementing strategies. Um, so that that definitely would require a great bit of um, analysis and learning and knowledge around um, strategic uh, decision-making. So they're looking for the business analyst to assist them in making strategic decisions. Um, uh, Marketing essentials like product and pricing, Uh, vision-driven leadership, uh, they want that. Uh, Strategic thinking, they really, I mean, it's all about the strategic thinker now and, um, uh, to lead, create um, your shared vision. So it, it, it's you know really wanting you to step more up on your um, uh, your ability to uh, persuade and have people um, um, uh, think, uh, think more uh, from a um, combined perspective, from a shared vision perspective. So uh, vision exercises they have us going through a lot of that. And, um, you know, in addition to all of the agile uh, different courses that they want you to take, um, IP basics, technology, different things like that, depending on which which market you're working in. But um, really strong leadership skills in addition to uh, being a, being a strategic uh, thinker based on your uh, analysis and recommendations. Yeah, so I think, you know, that's, awesome and, and I, I think this is uh, maybe a pain point for a lot of people that are in the BA space and, and this goes back to I think um, that, that business analysis is happening in other areas because I, I would argue that being a strategic thinker um, helping getting that shared vision mission 
goals. Uh, maybe not the, the marketing and pricing as much, but, you know, the competitive analysis, uh, maybe running focus groups. These are all things that, that I believe um, a good BA should be doing, right? Um, but they're put in positions that they don't get that seat at the table. And what you've done is get that seat at the table, um, which is awesome. And But you're not called a business analyst, right? And that's the I think that's the whole point of this segment, and, and I'm so glad you called in because you're a living, breathing um, example of of how if you have good BA skills, you can get into these positions. But don't think that, you know, the world doesn't end when you become a senior BA. To me, that's like the beginning, right? That's just now you can really step out and do some cool stuff. And and one thing I want to uh, jump in and say, too, is that, uh, Coop, you know, previously w- there was the, the next step was enterprise analyst. And to be honest with you, not a lot of organizations had something called an enterprise analyst. Right. But it, it was, but it was always, and you know, we often talk about being a tactical VA, or maybe it's my, maybe I say it, but a tactical versus a strategic VA. And a lot of people mm-hmm. come in yep. and they're doing that. They're at that requirements feature function level, but they don't see that that pathway to get to that next level where it's strategic and then you know you you hear the term of being a advisor and and even kind of in a consultative internal consultant but that is what like you said Arlisa uh has made that is making that transition to to that strategic area and I, I heard marketing in there and uh the the leadership the power of persuasion understanding you know how the the whole market works and industry yeah. uh segment and that type of thing. So, yeah, it was what we used to think in terms of, of enterprise analysis, don't you think? Yeah, and, and I think, I, I, again, that, that's back to the, the issue around there is it's like this whole discussion around title and uh, versus the, the actual work. And, and I think what the market has realized is product manager, that title has been around a while. There's all these other buckets that have been around a while. So, you know, does an organization really need an enterprise analysis group? Well, they have a product group. So why don't we, you know, those are the people that should be doing that type of work or there's director level people that are doing that work. Um, Does it add value to create new groups and new titles or is it best to just find the right people that are doing the work? And and to me, hopefully more, um, and I believe, Alisa, where you are, they've recognized the value of your analysis skills um, and are putting you in this role, which is great. So the more um, the more ma- helper management executives recognize the value of business analysis and doing good business analysis, I think that's the key. And if you can prove you're doing that, then it's going to open up doors for you. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I, you know, thank you, you know, Elisa, and, and I hope you feel better. But thank you for for calling <laughs> and 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 your insight. I think you're like everybody else these days in Atlanta with a cold somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I, I'm we realizing that. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, we don't know what to do with cold weather. Uh, no. But, you know, and, and Elisa has always uh, had the leadership qualities and um, been a a person to, to look up to. And, and this is just another example how you've taken uh, business analysis. Uh, Elisa, I mentioned to Coop that we knew each other before they were calling us business analysts. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, we were some of the original STEM girls. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely and and I think that um you know you know staking our claim and um recognizing what our skill set and the value we brought to the table and and then you know taking it to that next level of of strategic um even you know sometimes we volunteered to to take it to the strategic level whether the organization was ready or not but nonetheless there are those that um, now at this time there's that opportunity. And I think that's one of the things for the audience, for the listener um, that's in business analysis. And that's why it, it, sometimes you do need that uh, that coaching and, and fee input on how to find those next opportunities because it's not necessarily going to say business analyst. It's not going to say senior business analyst. It may be a variation, as uh, Elisa has successfully done, making that crossover into the product management uh, arena. So any any final words for us, uh, Elisa, and then we'll let you uh, get back and, and take care of yourself. <laughs> uh, no, no final words here. Uh, just wish me luck as I continue to uh, – Respond to this blueprint. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, best of, of, of luck to you. And, and you know, another you know key takeaway, and Elisa, I know, uh, subscribes to this clearly, is that continuous learning process. You know, she she talked about the the new terms and and that type of thing. She's always stayed on top of the the continuous learning process and understanding uh, where the market was going. In the, the evolution. So that has also been so important in the, the business analysis uh, arena around that. Um, and, and, you know, Coop, the, the other thing that I want to, um, you know, mention and, and maybe also have you elaborate on is just like we said, that the business analyst, you can take it in different uh, directions. And I think what I I think the misunderstanding is that I hear still quite often is people think that you get to a certain level, a senior business analyst, and then the only place to go is project management. So what are your yeah. thoughts? Are you still – do you still hear that? And, and <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm hearing it less and less, um, but it's still – still out there. And and I'll just with the caveat say that if that's a a role and um type of skills that you want to do day in day out then it's great, but it's just not it's not everything. And and I will say, you know, I earlier in my career, I, you know, the the path, the ladder was analyst to PM and I I climbed that ladder and I got to be a PM and I was like, you know what? This is not what excites me. And I actually um, transitioned back into a VA role. And, and I still remember this, this to this day. A director said to me, oh, I hear you're transitioning back to a, a VA role, so you can't can't handle the PM stuff. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. You know, like, you don't even get it. So to me, that was a sign. Like, you don't even understand what a, a good analyst is. But um, so I won't go into to that conversation. But the 
the the fact is, yes, you're still hearing that, seeing that, um, that that's even I, oh, I wrote a post on LinkedIn uh, a few months ago, uh, LinkedIn, I, I think it was the LinkedIn IIBA group, because I was, for some reason, I got on this kick to search for how many jobs are asking for the CBAP certification, you know, requiring that for a BA role. And when you get into Monster and see how Monster is defining the a business analyst role, it says BAs are a great stepping stone to for your project management roles that you have. So, um, and I did some research and found that the way Monster creates those the definitions of those roles, it pull it's some algorithm that they pull from all the different job descriptions. Um, that are out on Monster for business analysis. So that tells me, um, if I'm doing good analysis, that tells me that there's enough jobs out there that's saying, using those terms, that it's a good stepping stone to project management because Monster picked it up in this algorithm and posted it in there um, in that that description. So so to me, it's still happening out there. My, my view, it, it could, that can't be further from the truth. And I think there's a multitude of ways uh, or areas that you can get to. And just what Elisa is talking about, getting into product management, um, there's architecture. I think the 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 challenge in today's environment and what, what I see is people that are good business analysts that um, are in a different role um, for, and maybe it's just industry perception, They're they're no longer... They're not. I don't know if they're just not admitting that they're BAs at heart, or they just don't. You know, the the industry's not recognizing that their business analysis skills are what got them there. So they're not like affiliating as strongly in the BA community because they're like, oh, well, I'm a business architect now. I'm a solution architect. I'm a product manager, and they they fall into to those communities. Um, Exactly. Uh, it's just yeah. food for thought. Yeah. No, no, I I agree with you, and 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 I've I've heard uh, the the same thing, and and uh, maybe it's been a couple of years ago, but I remember distinctively uh, interviewing someone for a business analyst position, and um, they said, you know, we asked them where do they see themselves, you know, in you know three to five years. And they said, well, I'll do business analyst for a little while, but I want to move into project management because I don't want to continue to do the heavy lifting. And <laughs> we thought, okay, we're not sure if that was a compliment or what you said. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it, and then we're like, do you realize you're interviewing for a BA job? But it, <laughs> So it was very interesting, um, you know, but I think that there is a, a lot of, of blending. And it goes to... People who are going into the business analyst role, I think it's important um, to do some do the research, kind of understand the context of business analysis versus project management. And in my um, opinion, because you know I have a, a CBAP certification, I have a PMP certification, and there was a long time where it was somewhat of a blended role, or people wanted you to be able to do both. But it was clear, even from my skill set and my just personality, that they're two different things. And I learned, you know, through the process that really I enjoyed the business analyst side. The project management, you know, you're focused on schedules and budget and, and resources from that perspective, uh, still a, a very important and key role. 
But I like the piece from the business analyst where I was looking at the stakeholder, their needs, trying to solve a problem, trying to come up with a solution, and then seeing that solution um, coming to fruition through, you know, facilitating important conversations and helping drive decisions and, and that type of thing. Right. So, you know, it, it really sitting down and understanding you where you are, what your what your likes and dislikes are, it'll, I think, for me, I know that it became clear to me one was very different from the other, and the business analyst has always been, it, it turned out to be more fulfilling for me, I, I know. Um, the other thing I did yeah, want to say, too, Right. And, and the other thing that I wanted to say, too, is that I think when business analysts, when a lot of people think about um, heavy lifting or it being kind of an entry level, they're still thinking about the tactical VA where it's more of the requirements, project, you know, creating a document, and or um, what some people do, which isn't, you know, isn't really the industry standard, but the order-taking type business analysts. Right. That's not necessarily a standard. So I'll let you 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 speak to that and what your thoughts are, and and maybe that's where some of the disconnect is about business the the professional business analyst. Right. I I think the um the bad you know it's kind of a Bon Jovi joke for me. Like the bad BAs give business analysis a bad name. Um, <laughs> and and I would assume yeah, it's kind of like you give love a bad name, but um. You know, I think, and that's probably true in most, uh, in a lot of professions, right? Um, there's the, um, you know, I mean, lawyers don't get a good rap too because of some of the um, tactics that certain lawyers take, and that's what everybody thinks um, about lawyers. And there's 101 jokes about lawyers, but but I do think like there's a, a perception issue around people still being note takers, right? That and I think we've talked about this on other segments about people, you know, just having conversations with someone and they're good at having conversations, right? They're good communicators in a sense that they, um, they listen well and they take down what they're saying, but then they just go, they don't do any of the analysis. They just go back and give that to a solution team and say, here, this is what they need. Um, that doesn't add value. And I think, um, the, what people do in general I, I I see this all the time that people see the bad business analysts and, and I won't say bad but the ones that aren't as um, skilled in the excellent business analysts um, if they're not doing a good job as a BA and not adding a lot of value then people view them as business analysts and they're like oh we don't need business analysts on the team the good business analysts. Um, don't get viewed as good business analysts. They're like, I just want Jacqueline. If you can clone Jacqueline three times and put her on every project, that would be awesome. Um, and they're not recognizing that the good work, why they're good is because they're using their analysis skills to the best of their ability. Um, and, and I think it's upon us as uh, as a community to constantly be educating people that the reason why things went well is because I'm using my analysis skills, um, and here's what that means. And if we can elevate everybody's analysis skills within the organization, not just people that have a title, you know, if we can elevate that, then then things are going to be they're going to run smoother. We're going to focus on the right things more often. There's just it's less riskier, right? Um, in the the world of project failures, 
if people are doing a better job in analysis. Exactly, exactly. And and you're you're right that the business analyst role, sometimes you have to, you know, it's about educating the the people in your environment, especially if they're trying to pigeonhole you into that, you know, in that corner of being just the order taker is just slowly and incrementally kind of showing them even a, a cause and effect. What people see is, okay, we got to the testing of the software, and it's taking a lot longer. We're finding things. Well, there's a cause and effect. The time that we didn't spend up front, the effort and the, the you know, right. not allocating um, enough opportunity for, uh, you know, analysis or modeling or, you know, um, just reviewing thoroughly what, what we've captured, that is why we're here down here in testing and find ourselves floundering and um, now jeopardizing the deadline. So it happened up here. So the cause and effect. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that that's yeah. sometimes the VA, especially when you get to whether it's lessons learned or a retrospect, that's when you've got, that's your opportunity. That's your window before you jump into the next project to say, you know, I think that, if I did this or if we did this or if we incorporated that, you know, related to, you know, the analysis type skills, then I think we'll see, you know, less and less. And when they start seeing the uh, improvement, then they can give credit back to what it was that the the business analyst, you know, introduced along the way. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I mean, I have a good example of of that happening to me in – in the scenario of me and my wife building a new house. So we moved to a new area in Atlanta three years ago, and, you know, like nine months before that or ten months before that, we went on the contract. And, they, you know, the builder, and even we wanted to move fast, right? The builder wanted to get through, you know, what I would deem the analysis phase, right, um, really fast and just so we can get to building and so they can get their money faster and we can move in faster, you know, so there was this like rush. Um, and actually by me being an analyst, I slowed things down in that phase to make sure that we were trying to get to everything. And we still missed, you know, a few things here and there, but um, it was like, I knew I was like, I feel this like push to start building, right. To start developing. Um but I did. There was an there was one big miss that we had in the house, and it was building like this outside storage unit um, off our garage. Um, and we flew through one of the pieces of the design. We really flew through, and we didn't stop to ask, okay, how are we going to use this section of the house, right? I mean, we could have even done user stories if we wanted, and, and just validated, okay, how are we going to build against this user story? Um, but we went so fast through it, you know, by the time they poured the foundation. And then, then we realized, like, hey, where's that outside storage shed that we probably need? And they're like, oh, that's going to be 25000 because we'll have to redo the foundation and all that. Um, so, as you can imagine, we don't have a storage shed. Um, <laughs> so I keep my lawn because I wasn't paying $25,000 for Um But, you know, that's... That's what happens, and I think in in real in our projects that we're dealing with, we're trying to get through that analysis, and people think they have enough information, um, and then what happens is, like you said, you, you find the information comes to you, and I think you you said this to me years ago when we first started working together, like you'll eventually find the requirements, right? The, the requirement will expose itself, um, 
but it just might expose itself when it's in production and you know it's a lot more it's frustrating it's time consuming um so what can you do and how do you find that right balance to get enough stuff up front and realize that people find the value in doing that and seeing that Exactly, exactly. So let me just take a moment to talk to our audience and, and say thank you for calling in today, whether it's on your, your lunch hour. If you've got a few minutes before your lunch hour is up and you want to talk to Coop or myself, just press 1. We're talking today about what's your next career move, and especially um, whether you're a business analyst or a project manager um, and want to move in or out of, you want, you're trying to figure out what's next, um, thank you to uh, one of our guests who called in, Alisa, and she described how she's moved through the business analyst even to the product management. And I may even circle back to you because she slipped in there, too, that she did uh, the Scrum Master role as well, and, and that's that's something that we haven't talked about. But I think – what is what's important and, and to our audience a, a big takeaway is that there's a lot of options that branch off of or into business analysis and uh this is for my you know even for myself it it was a gold mine when i finally put a name to what it is that combine my different skill sets and and, and backgrounds and experiences uh, because I actually found that having been in different industries um, and different uh, roles within the software development lifecycle, all of that came together nicely uh, when it came to business analysis because in that role I have to talk and interact and communicate and relate to all the people on the team. They're all my stakeholders, so to speak, or my customers. And so um, at that point when I really settled into kind of that that business analyst role, and there also business analysis um, provided me with the variety that I need so that I don't get bored. (laughs) And so whether it was moving to different industries or different projects and different types of projects, um, I've, I know that I've always been attracted to new startup projects where you're starting uh, something from scratch. I like going into the the unknown territory and, and trying to define what something uh, should or and could be. Um, and so that's what business analyst uh, analysis did, you know, for me. And I don't know if you know, Coop, you came from as a subject matter expert. I think we talked about in, in a previous call right. and came into business analysis and and now you're a president of a company so even maybe talk about you know how what would business analyst how business analysts and 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 some people may have heard this story but some it may be new too even throw in a little improv uh in your background as well and and yet business analysis uh resonated with you um in the it space yeah i think you know similar to you what i you know i came out of you know the accounting arena, finance arena, um, and was bored with the the repetition of that. And I really enjoyed you know working with project teams and and being that subject matter expert. Um, and one of the things I liked was was there wasn't any repetition. Sometimes I wish I had some repetition in my life, um, but there there just wasn't right. Um, and that is exciting. I like going from you know, day-to-day, week-to-week kind of not doing the same things every day. And, and it was kind of exciting when you the, – the excitement of finishing uh, a project, but then also knowing you have 
something new coming and the, the ability to reflect and look, okay, how can I improve and what can I do different? And you get another chance at that. So I love that kind of break, I guess. When you think of a project, it does have some kind of end, so it was a good, clean break, and then you are off to the next thing. Um, and even, you know, in the Agile space, it's, you have sprints, right? It's kind of every two weeks you can even think about that as a break and say, okay, we have a chance now to do a better job this next round. Um, so I like I like that aspect of it. Um, going from, uh, you know, from being a project BA uh, to, you know, coming on to B2T training and doing a number of different things from marketing and uh, speaking and sales to, to now being the president. Um, so all along the way, I was using analysis skills. And I think one of the, the key things is trying to understand what it's like. I think BAs at heart, if, if you're doing your job well, you're constantly thinking about What's the biggest value add? What can we do today that's going to add value? What can I do personally? What should we work on as a team that's going to add value and get us closer to our goals, um, our outcomes that we're looking for and whatever we're doing? And especially in my role today, that that's what I, I do day in, day out. And there's a lot of things that we could be doing, but um, especially with a, a small organization, we have to make critical decisions every day about, what should we spend your time? What our what should we spend our time on? And by constantly looking and revamping what our goals are and what we're going after allows us to to make some of those decisions. Um, so I'm using analysis skills all the time. I mean, if there's a process that we need to improve, I get up on my whiteboard and I outline a process. Right, flow. Um, we're implementing systems in our company, so there's you know, typical project type business analysis skills that I use in, in that. You know, I wrote user stories the other day for for our new CRM system in LMS that we're trying to implement. So, you know, it's like I, I'm, I just go to take these skills no matter what you want to do, whether it's kind of running uh, your own business or running, being a manager of a group or managing a line of business in an organization, I mean, you'll still, you'll bring these uh, these analysis skills with you and don't don't just say, oh, I'm not a business analyst anymore, so I don't have to worry about all those techniques I did um, for years and years. No, I mean, to me, you're, you're going to use them, you're just going to use them in different contexts. Exactly. You know, and that, that makes me think, you know, People and, and when it comes to resume and, and job search, you know, at the top of the show, I call it this job search January. You know, one of the things is that um, different uh, recruiting organizations, um, they talk about on your resume having keywords. And I dare say that, especially whether it's in the IT industry or even cross industries, is that two things that I think are going to be hot keywords. And one of them is analysis. And the other one is, you know, one we use a lot of is which is critical thinking. And and, mm-hmm. and both of those are a part of business analysis. Now, where do you go to, to, to learn that and, and to practice that? You know, that that opportunity folds right up into to business analysis and the type of training that you, that you get through um, and get to practice in that, that role. But um, And there's, there's even, I, I want to say, one of the organizations that sponsors our show, which is uh, the Professional Diversity Network, 
on their website, which is prodevnet, P-R-O-D-I-V-N-E-T, dot com. They have something called the Resonator, (laughs) and it's a Mm. resume, and it ranks your resume. So it takes the hottest keywords, yeah, and you can run your resume through and see how it ranks. I think that that's pretty cool, and and they they're, they're sharing that because that's how recruiters actually operate. That's what they do. They go on LinkedIn right. and they have yeah. different tools, and they're scanning for keywords, and that's how you get called or ping, you know, whether you're looking or not. And so, you know, to to your point, it's almost the, the whole business analysis, the whole. Um, Project, you know, the the whole critical thinking in particular that transcends the title itself, and and we've been saying that, and I think this just you know just reinforces that uh, as well. So, um, you know, the, the the other thing that I wanted to talk about uh, because we talk about business uh, um, uh, analysis and where to go next, you as you said, you've kind of moved into. Uh, a president of a, a small organization, small to medium organization, but right. um, you know those people out there that are the entrepreneurs and, and that type of thing. But the key is is that business analysts. I think about what you do and and your customers. They're your stakeholders, and you're trying to assess. You know, their training, uh, what the root causes are and problems and mapping that to the right training, you know, solution. And um, all of that is exactly what you did as a business analyst. And I I even use the analogy Mm -hmm. as a trainer. Um, I'm in there facilitating a training class, so I'm using my facilitation skills. I'm uh, assessing the room. I'm finding out what people want to get out of the class, you know, what are their, their goals and their yeah. objectives for yeah. the class. So it's like you use it in so many different ways. Don't, don't you find that? Oh, yeah. I think, like, sales is a perfect example. To me, that's, you know, business. you're eliciting information, trying to understand what their problems are, what um, what they're struggling with, what their pains are, what opportunities they want to have, and you're paraphrasing back. Do I do I understand that you have this right? And you know, and what a lot of times people call us, just like VAs deal with day in day out on their projects. People call us and say, "We need help in this area, this area, and this area." So, and I half joke with our clients that you know I'm going to just be a good VA here, and I'm going to roll you back and try to understand. What are the outcomes you're looking for? If we do deliver these classes or if we give you these services, you know, what's life going to look like at the end? And a few times, you know, sometimes the the customer had it right, right? They, yep, you nailed it. You looked at our website and you saw what these, um, you knew what your challenges were and you picked the right things. But sometimes there's other things that come up, Um and I'm able to roll them back and say, well, I think if this is really your outcome, then there's a couple of different angles we can take and serve up different solutions. So to me, that's all, that's what good analysis is. And if, you know, a note taker salesperson, if somebody calls up and says, oh, you you want this class? Okay, we'll go implement that class. And And then, you know, you just run the risk of that not being the right class and then people are unhappy and et cetera. So. Right. Yeah, there's so I mean, you know, so a an architect building a house, it's the same way. You're eliciting information, trying you know, if you're a realtor, um I just uh, you know, my a side hobby of mine is real estate, so I I always have real estate examples, but like realtors are the same way. 
I've always wanted to have like a project management and VA class for contractors because I think there's like so many skilled like home contractors that, you know, can fix your plumbing and whatever else there is uh, issues that you have with your home. Um, but yep. They have zero project management and analysis skills and they, they frustrate clients to, to no end. I think you were talking about a uh, situation at your home when you were having something done. So, um, so they, you know, they need analysis and PM skills too. So, uh, I, I mean, we, I could probably sit here and rattle off every single um, profession that's out there or job that's out there and link analysis skills to it. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, people just have to to have, you know, just the awareness because I've I've talked to. Uh, a lot of people, and I've helped them even map their their skill set. You know, I'm like deep down, you're right. an analyst, and then I explain to them, and, and they, oh yeah, and 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 I have some great success <laughs> stories of people who have made that transition when they they recognize it and understand it, and and just uh, appreciate you know making that transition into formalizing their skill set. But it, it they may have been doing it for years, and and whether or not that's what their title is. But I tell you what, someone wants to talk to us. <laughs> so oh, I'm going to well, go good. to the phone. <laughs> and actually, um, Carmen is on the line. So I'm going to, it's going to take a minute here just to, to open up the uh, phone lines. And when I get that open, we will be able to talk to Carmen. But right now, it's taking its own sweet time. But um, in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like now that I want to go to the the, the phone lines right. now, it's it blows up on me. But um, I just want to let our audience know that we're talking with Coop of B2T Training and uh, want to invite you, if you would like to call in or follow us, we are going to be doing this series of shows um, on a biweekly basis. However, in February, we're going to push it out three weeks so we'll be back with you on February 9th because we got to go out and do some BA stuff and some training stuff. But yeah. we'll be back on <laughs> on uh, February 9th. And for some reason, I'm going to try this one more time, but uh, Carmen, hang in, in there. I see you there, and I'm, there we go. Second time's the charm. Carmen, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Welcome to the well, show. Hello. Thank you. I thought I was going to sneak in under the radar. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but your your finger must have, your face must have accidentally hit the one, so that's how I no, saw you. I, of course I had a question, so I was like, okay, there goes my, my um, plan. <laughs> Coming under the radar. Hi, Koo, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I, I'm really enjoying listening to some of this um, information, and I do have a question I have, um, I'm currently um, a BA for a project that's going on at the CDC, and um, we're implementing um, a limb system in a few different labs. We try to kind of standardize the labs, but we do have some, like, two or three rogue (laughs) labs that don't want the same type of artifacts. Um, is there ever a time, as far as you know, when relaxing your your BA skill requirements during tools is okay, or is there ever a time when it's just like 
that makes any sense. Yeah, I think, um, well, you know, thank you for working at the CDC. You're one of those people. I have some neighbors that work at the CDC, mm-hmm. and I always, I'm always peeking out the window. If I see them bringing home, like, canned food and stocking up and, you know, look like, <laughs> it's like there's a, something about to hit us. So, um, so I'm sure it's similar. I don't know if you're involved in those type projects. But um, I, I think, so you broke up a little at the end. I, I think the question was around um, the, trying to standardize things within different labs, and there was a couple of rogue labs that want to see di- things in a different way and should is it okay to relax your um uh, I, I didn't hear the term you used but relax your your approach to business analysis and switch it up is that did i get that right exactly because i feel like in in the rogue labs i'm compromising um every really a lot of what i've learned as a ba and it's a little uncomfortable and a little unsettled because I'm sitting there saying, but you really need this. And, you know, and I say that, but there's, you know, there's only so much that you can push. Is there ever a yeah. time in your experience that you feel like you've compromised and is that okay? And when when should, you know, you sound the alarm? Well, I think there's, there's a couple of things. So when should you relax? I, I think the BAs should always be relaxed in a sense of, um, and have to have a a number of tool tools to use um, depending on the needs of the the people you're dealing with. So um, I'm not a big believer in doing a certain process a certain way for process sake. Um, I believe in consistency where it makes sense, but also if it makes sense and really think about. Why do I, you know, because a lot of companies are like, no, we're going to have a consistent template and we're going to have consistent this. And I'll ask, well, why? What I mean, what are you doing other than, because um, people will say, well, we want to be able to switch people back and forth to projects. And I'm like, well, how often does that happen? Oh, well, not really. You know, so so really thinking about why you, you want to keep consistency. Um, I think the bigger challenge, and I think you're hitting on this, is thinking about, well, there's pieces. What you're asking for, we're missing key pieces, and which could cause us issues. So, if you focus not as much on the um, the deliverable, I guess I'll use. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but the deliverable, but it, focus on in why uh, the the information caught up in that deliverable, um, mm-hmm. and if they're okay, and and sharing with them here's here's the risk, right? I don't have to do it that way. Um, and again, it's not. I, I always looked at it partially, whether this is good or bad. But it's not um, your project, right? It's theirs. And so here's: I'm an experienced analyst, and I know um, if we miss these key pieces of data, here's the risk we're at. Um, now, the the team might be like, "Nope, we don't care. Thank you for sharing, but let's move on." Now, um, at some point, you have to get a sense of how much do you push. Um, but if the results, the risk that you thought we were going to have uh, by not doing X, Y, and Z now is an issue or became an issue, then feel comfortable with, you know, raising that up in a, a polite way, not saying, I told you so, right, you know, <laughs> I told you this was going to happen, right, you should have listened to me, but um, saying, you know, then you come around to the next project and highlight, you know, when they're saying, 
um, no, don't want to do this, just bring that back. Remember, we were a little, we were all frustrated at this point in the project, and the the root cause was we missed X, Y, and Z, and that's what I'm trying to include. Um, and keep being persistent and finding different ways to have that that conversation. But don't feel, I don't think you should feel like they have to have it because that that's what you do on every other project. Um, focus on the value and why you're doing it. And if you have that conversation, not around the deliverable, but what that deliverable brings to the project, um, then that might be a better conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Coop. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for um, calling in. Thanks, Carmen. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, the great point, and I think that that's a that that's a challenge. A lot of people run into that is that, and sometimes Coop, it feels like everybody else on the team uh, has their idea of what the business analyst should be doing, and so you do have to juggle right. between what's at risk and often educating people why you're using a particular artifact in, or like you said, change it up on them, and sometimes you trick them, use a different artifact, but it's still capturing the same information, and that's why we always share a couple of different ways to capture it. Maybe if the the text format isn't working, it's a table. If it's not a table, it might be a model that you, you a picture, use. But right. Exactly. Yeah, I think so, if you, with all that stuff, if you talk about in terms of risk um, and your experience, whether, you know, sometimes I get, um, I get a little frustrated when people talk about risks too much, like, um, but I think in this case, it's like that there is, by not um, doing certain levels of analysis, there's risks of certain things happening. And, you know, the team has to decide if they're willing to assume that risk or not. Um, and if they do assume it, then just be there to to either help kind of mitigate it when it happens or to to highlight in that polite way that, you know, in the last project we skipped this, I think we need to to add this back in so that we don't run into the same problems, if that risk still exists. But, you know, talking about it in terms of risk is a good way. Yeah, it is. It is. Excellent, excellent. Well, and, and you know, again, thank you, um, Carmen, for, for joining the, the show. And, and, and that's just an example of, from a business analyst perspective. Um, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Every day is a little bit different. You're dealing with people and personalities. Um and and again, that that lends itself to also what we were talking about about all the different uh, options as far as from a business analysis. And and when we were promoting the show, I, I had a a list of different things. You know, from business analysis, whether as you get to that senior level, whether you wanted to pursue something in management as a, a manager of a business uh, analyst. And, and Coop, you know, we, we haven't really touched on that area. Um, you know, from your perspective, when it comes to managing business analysts, is it no different than managing mm-hmm. any other type of team? Or, or what are your thoughts about what, what it takes in, in forms of managing a business analyst team? <laughs> no, that's, yeah, BA's got all kinds of issues, so um, <laughs> it's a little different. No. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's consistent stuff, you know, that you have different personalities and different work ethics and different stuff. So that's fairly consistent. I think, I think in the, um, you know, in a lot of, especially in the IT space, a lot of managers, 
Um, and, and it's changing, It's I think, fairly quickly, actually, because a lot of good analysts are growing up wanting to be managers. But for so long, you know, managers came up from either the development side or the the PM side, and they didn't have that background. So, And, and I don't think this is any different than any profession, but um, I think the key is to if you're not a manager that grew up in the BA space, uh, what I've found, and, and we've been, you know, you and I have had this conversation before, Jacqueline, and, and I look at people that are in the business analysis arena, and whether it's from salespeople or account managers um, or people at the IIBA or people at PMI and all these different arenas, if you didn't grow up in the BA space, it's going to be real hard to to mentor and be there and to like answer a question that Carmen just had because you haven't lived and breathed it. And I think this would be the same for for a lot of the professions. But if you haven't lived and breathed it, then how how can you really help them get through some critical areas? So the thing as a manager would be to make sure you know, you know, look at yourself and say, what are the skills that I have? How can I help mentor the BAs on my team? Um and and recognize what skills you don't have and, you know, get mentors, whether it's organizing your team in a way where you have lead BAs that some of their time is dedicated to mentoring the rest of the team um, or, uh, y- you know, allow the team to get together in a community, you know, have a community of practice where they can share and discuss and actually have time given to them during the workday to do this um, uh, or, you know, Sometimes it might even be hiring external coaches and mentors to to help and, and move skill development along. So the combination of this. So I think it's that recognition that um, what what BA battle scars do you have on your back and how you can help your team and where you need to bring in somebody else. No, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 I think, you know, you touch upon a couple of things with with business analysts. I find that they need a lot of information. They like to know the context of of what they're what they're working on. So not just within their project when you're when you're giving them a new assignment. Um and then a, a lot of business analysts to your point too like to to learn and thrive. It's, it's just kind of relative to to what we we do, and so they do. You do need to to nurture and grow and groom and and give them new challenges. Um, and then the other thing is, I don't think that someone that hasn't been a business analyst quite understands. Even though a lot of what we do, you know, from maybe like thinking and analyzing and dissecting or reworking something, it's exhausting. Mm, yeah, as great. Well. And you can get yeah, burned right. out. Yeah. So yeah, I think no, that I mean you bring up Oh, sorry. I, you got no, me all go. excited mm-hmm. about something. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know that that brings up a good point of and something earlier you said talked about uh reminded me to mention that giving people time to think and be analytical and not focus as much on the deliverable like a developer you know, it's like, okay, you know, when can you code this and when can I see, you know, some results and that we can test and look at and validate that, yeah, you got it. Um, but with the analysis, there, there is that, that thought process that goes on and allowing people to get information and understand the process of getting information, synthesizing it, and then 
um, going back and asking more questions and filling the gaps and going back and forth and throwing things up on the wall and saying, okay, what's going on here? Um, so it's not just time, right, understanding that it's, um, yes, there might be an output to communicate to somebody. And what I guess what makes sense to people is there's time to get the information and there's time that you need to put together that information to communicate it out. But it's that spot in the middle, you know, where in the industry the joke is that's where the, you know, magic happens and then poof, you got um, you got your results. But that magic takes time. Um, and it does, you know, it is tiring and it um, it does wear you out a little. But uh, an understanding that is good. And at the same time, I, I put it back on a lot of BAs. And I think I talked about this before about that business analysis is not a nine-to-five job. So some of that thinking needs to go on when you're not, you know, in the, the nine-to-five window. You're at your job. So you have to allow those thoughts and solutions that you need to come up with to pop into your head, you know, when you're home on the weekend um, and have ways to quickly jot down your notes so you don't forget, at least for me, you know, I'm getting to an age where my memory is not as strong as it used to be. Um, So make sure that you jot it down. Not that you have to work every weekend, but allow those thoughts to come to your conscious and, and get them out on paper so that when you get back to the office on Monday or the next day that you you can do something with it. Exactly, exactly. No, absolutely. And and so, you know, that's why I want to explore that, that there is a, a bit of a nuance as far as business analysts and understanding. And, and you know, to your point, you have to have kind of some um, experiences and history to, you know, answer a question like Carmen. Because, again, I feel in a lot of situations every scenario is somewhat unique, so you have to take all the different factors, and there's not cookie-cutter answers to what we do. So under certain circumstances with, you know, the various mitigating factors, and sometimes you have to give the team the lead way to even do things maybe against the grain or what you might recommend, but find that opportunity if it's not going well to, you know, rein them back in and and to show the cause and effect of if you deviate what the impact is. So um, that's all a part of that that finesse and finagling uh, and and working with, you know, different people from different, you know, um, personality types and and that type of thing. So, no, no, great point. Yeah, Alicia said earlier. Alicia said earlier about persuasion is critical in the product manager role, but that to me that's something that's critical right in in that situation that Carmen was talking about. How do you um have the conversation? How do you persuade people that this is the route to take and why? So um that's why all you know, all the things the things that you learn and if you do this long enough, um, you deal with enough personalities. Um and I think that's part of the key in, in your growth is to deal, you know, put yourself in positions where you're going to get yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, and I bring this up. This is a general. So um, at my synagogue, we were actually looking for new a new rabbi. Um, and as we were interviewing a lot of different rabbis for this position, one of the things that came that was clear um, is the ones that 
we didn't move forward with is when they, like everything was good at their current position, right? They never had a challenge and things are really good here and where, you know, everybody gets along. It To me that, and, and I know at our synagogue that, that doesn't happen. So, And I think in life it's not, everything is not that rosy all the time. So if you don't put yourself into situations, then you're not going to have these experiences like you're, you're talking about of having to adjust and adapt and think about, wait, that didn't work. What am I going to do tomorrow to get us back on track or, you know, and you need to be in those difficult situations as hard as it is to think, you know, like, um, but that's the way, that's the way you grow. Right. Um, and that's how you learn and that's how you get better at adapting and being prepared for any situation. And if you have those things, if you have those stories, you know, that's how you're going to get different roles, I think, or it'll help. Exactly, exactly. You know, when we start listing out the different skill sets of business analysts and and how they have to troubleshoot, negotiate, facilitate, work with different personalities, um, help you come to consensus. No wonder our our group gets poached all the time by these other, you know, roles and leadership roles. Um, We're we're grooming them, you know, to to deal with um, the the various nuances of both business. And and I, I think IT definitely challenges you in that space because it's just a fast-paced, ever-changing, unpredictable uh, kind of space, yeah. and it's all about problem-solving. So, yeah, we're, we're we're training up some people for some, some great careers, which is what this whole show is about. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and, you know, let me let me jump back, and, and thank you for your patience. I want to jump back, actually, to Ali. So we've been referring to her several times, but she snuck in there on us about – Scrum, uh, a scrum master. So, Alisa, I'm opening up your mic. Are you there? I am. Thank you so much uh, for for staying on the line with us and, and allowing us to for me to uh, refer back to you because I wanted to okay. ask you, you know, as a as a business analyst, and this actually uh, came up in one of my classes too. And someone asked, could a business analyst uh, be a good scrum master? So I'm just curious about uh, when you took on that role and what you had that kind of translated from what you did as a business analyst and and what were some of the new uh, skill sets that you had to kind of uh, lean on as a scrum master? Okay, well, uh, what happened was we were a team, a product development team uh, creating uh, open source type of uh, solution or pause, uh, you know, a platform as a service, a particular type. And so what happened was the team was built by a product owner, solution architect type of guy, and he pulled in. He brought me in as a contractor, senior BA with a developer background. You know, he wanted a technical person that would be able to understand what was going on with the platform and whatnot. And so what naturally just happened was, the scrum master, I would, you know, we rotated. So if the scrum master was unavailable, then I would kind of take over his role and and lead the scrum, or the product owner would, or the lead developer would. But we had a scrum of scrum type of team, which was a little separate and, and considered the leadership team um, outside of the actual developer team. Okay, and so. Uh, what naturally happened was because as a business analyst, I was helping them, you know, managing these these stories, these user stories, 
and all of their requirements. And you know me, Jackie, we're, we're going to think about it from an end-to-end perspective. So we're looking at everything from um, functional to non-functional. And so uh, non-functional is where this team wanted to really focus a lot of their solution and effort. And because I knew and understood and had written the requirements around what the product owner was trying to get done, it was easy for me to get in a scrum meeting and be able to move the scrum and also help move uh, facilitate the impediments that they were running into because the, once you've written the requirements so you understand what they're trying to get done, it's easier for you to know who your go-to person should be to get help get rid of impediments um, inside of the organization or any cross-functional team that you know handles that type of solution. So it was just a natural um, fit for me to be able to just move right into that role um, for, uh, you know, I moved from the team to the actual department level pool of, of Scrum Masters, which is where I am now. And so it's all about just understanding all the different pauses now that at one point, uh, collaborated with the pause that we were developing. Ah, ah, very, very interesting. Yes. And and it does sound like it became very natural from you. And, and something that you hit upon, like you said, uh, a lot of times whether it's you know uh, asked, it, it's just natural for us to look at and wanting to to connect the dots and look at the big picture. And that that is just um, our natural inclination to want to get those roadblocks out of the way. So, and it's part of as a business analyst, just being that the team player, um, which is a part of that whole uh, agile type uh, dynamics. And and I think that uh, again, seeing where that scrum master role um, worked out just just naturally for you. So, you know, it thought to Coop, from your perspective, as far as uh, Scrum Master and, and what you've seen, uh, if any, as far as trends and business analysts moving in that role. Yeah, I see. I mean, I typically see more, you know, BAs being con- deeper connected to the product owner, um, either as a proxy product owner or taking on the um, that role if they're given some of the decision-making authority um, to do that. But I, I think what, you know, in Elisa's uh, situation, her strategic analysis kind of view on things allowed her to spin to that scrum master role and really see and help the team get, you know, get moving in the right direction. Not that she was controlling the team, but be able to understand, okay, um, the parts and pieces that are going to help us get to our end game from from you know soup to nuts. Um, so so if you have that bent, I think you know I, I think it goes back to people in the analyst space when they're growing up can go in into many different directions. So does it make sense to go into a scrum master role? Absolutely, depending on your likes, dislikes, and how you uh, focus on things. Exactly. Exactly. I um, I'm gonna um, I'm I, I have control over the microphone, so I I want to check and see. Carmen, are you still with us? She might be I am on mute. Here. 
I'm still here. Well, you know, Carmen, you, you asked a great question. But um, now I want to ask you a question. Share with us how you got into the, the business analyst space. She's going to kill me later, uh-huh. but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> how long is this call? No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, actually, my background prior to coming into the business analyst space was um, I was an implementation manager for a payroll company, and um, which meant I kind of went around to different sites and elicited information um, to figure out what it was that they needed their payroll company to do for them. Um, so actually in speaking with uh, a fellow uh, um, BA, they said, um, hey, you know, what you do is kind of what a BA does. And I was like, really? And then, um, and then, you know, she said, yes. And she said, would you be interested in looking into it? And absolutely, I would. Um, so um, she actually got me on some online courses, or actually it was kind of like a, I don't know, web-based course, I guess, maybe. Jacqueline, you could probably give more information on that, uh, basically like a web broadcast kind of course that she was giving, right. and um, I I really liked it. It was interesting. It seemed like a challenge, and um, and then I was provided an opportunity to kind of come in uh, as an entry-level BA position, uh, BA position, which I quickly found out that I needed to um, <laughs> up the ante a bit because I was uh, – sitting in a room with BAs that have been doing it for so long and they really knew a lot more than than I knew. So um, kind of dug the hills in and asked a lot of questions and read a lot and took a lot of classes. And, um, and here I am, what, five, <laughs> six, seven years later? <laughs> I'm still doing it and I still enjoy it. Absolutely, and, and 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 leading projects, and and you know, I mean, you're you're, you're definitely being humble, but you know, really have taken to it and um, have excelled at it. So, you know, I, I wanted, I didn't want to get away because so much of our show today is talking about people who are looking at different job opportunities, either around business analysis or looking for what their next stepping stone is. And I take, you know, you know, Carmen is a real life example of someone coming from kind of a, she, as she was saying, she was doing implementation. So maybe some people doing something similar, whether it's kind of even a little sales-related or implementation um, or, you know, deploying and wanting to get off the road. And so she's a success story. And I know last week even we talked to some gentlemen, they want to transition from technical-type roles um, and uh, they are curious in the business analyst role. And it can be done. Now, and, and Kubo, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. Um, but, you know, some people find, struggle with it and, and, you know, at first glance looks like something that, oh, yeah, I can do that and just jump over. Some people underestimate that it, it actually is a discipline. There's actually tools and techniques and there's formal training. Um, what what are your thoughts and have you talked to people from that, that transition mindset and, and do you have examples where you feel are were successful or not successful? I mean, what, what, what's been your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because, um, you know, I was 
the the co-author of the book Business Analysis for Dummies with Kate McGoey and Paul Mulvey. And one of the things I recognized early, um, because, you know, so the good thing about the Four Dummies brand is they really help you break down and get rid of a lot of industry terminology that you don't even realize you have. So um, to your point, I think a lot of people like, oh, yeah, I can do this analysis. I've, I've been doing this for a while. But what they don't get is all the terminology. And some of the things Carmen must have come up against and feeling, oh, wow, these people have been doing it for a while because that terminology and the way they talk about the activities um, just roll off their tongue because they've been doing it for a while. So one of the first – and when we were writing the book, I mean, we would use terms like project, and the the editor would be like, can you define project? And we're like, what are you talking about? You know, um, so it was like the, the simple – what we thought were like simple words um, or simple terms uh, had to be better defined. And, and we realized that, man, there's a lot of things that are just make sense if you've been in the industry, but a lot of things that – don't make sense if you haven't. So the first thing is, and I'm not, you know, doing self-promotion here, but it's picking up books like Business Analysis for Dummies or reading the BA Bach or there's a number of good BA-related books out on the market. Um, so finding one that kind of fits your needs are, uh, is a good first step so that you start to get comfortable with that terminology. And when you go into meetings, you're not totally thrown off. Um, and then there is, you know, from, you know, we're, being a learning organization, we focus a lot of time on learning in general. And there is a piece um, of, of learning that you need. You have to know what you don't know and get that foundational knowledge so that um, when you get onto the job and you're in a situation, you know what's available to you. Too often people get put on the job and, they're told this is how we do it here at this organization, and they start doing it that way, and they don't know any other way to switch it up back to the conversation earlier um, that we were having. So by understanding like that you have this broad knowledge of things that you can use um, will make you better because then, then you can drill deeper if there's a need for it. Um, but if you don't even know it existed as an option uh, – then you can struggle, right? It's like, you know, if you all you know is available out there is a handsaw, you're going to, no matter what you're trying to cut, you're going to try to use this handsaw. But then you realize, oh, they have these power saws that I could use. Um, I didn't realize that's a lot more efficient. Of course I'm going to use that. Um, so, uh, but if you're working with a carpenter that, for whatever reason, all they use is handsaws and you never know that there's other tools out there for you to use, you might never... Um, be exposed to it. Exactly, exactly. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I want to thank Coop. I want to thank Carmen. I want to thank Alisa uh, and Javon, uh, all who have been a, a part of today's show, but especially Coop, our reoccurring guest. Uh, Coop, I know you, you, you're a busy man, and, and for you to spend this uh, <laughs> last 90 minutes with us, we uh, we appreciate you. And Coop uh, no, I love is it. the I love. <laughs> and, and, and we love those who call in too. And if those people on the phone, if you're shy, next time press one, talk to us. We we don't bite, we're honest. <laughs> right. We're always well, uh, I won't bite willing. Not during this show. That's the only. Not during the show, right? Promise. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we, we're always willing to share, and, and in just sharing the community of information, uh, both uh, Alisa and Carmen shared their experiences and, and, and added to to the show. There's a, a lot of different opportunities, and that's what we want everyone's takeaway for today show to be that you know business analysis it's a great on-ramp it's a great stepping stone uh to and it just really can open you up to uh, a skill set a transferable skill set uh that you may already have started developing and now just need to take to the next level and one of those ways you can take it to the next level is by going to b2ttraining.com and again, um, B2T Training is our sponsor for today's show. And thanks to, to Coop, who is also the president of B2T Training. So if you'll just stay tuned, I'll give you some more information about B2T Training. And also stay on the line, and I'll share with you information about CDUs, uh, credits that you can use for listening to the show. So just uh, hold on tight, and I'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by and features B2Ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve. Change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various U.S. locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number 2, ttraining.com and see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it too. And just to let our audience know, if you are interested in CDU's uh, continuing education credits, please send an email to technologyexpresso at gmail.com and we'll provide you with the information so that you can get credit for listening to our shows and to this series. Remember, our next episode is going to be February 9th. That's going to be Tuesday, same time, same channel. Uh, follow us here at Blog Talk Radio so that you can get uh, notices and alerts of any time chains or updates or special episodes. And, again, we thank you for listening. If you are in uh, or looking for your next opportunity, I want to direct you to ProDevNet. That's the Professional Diversity Network. Again, we talked about earlier their Resonator uh, application that helps score your resume to, to score the keywords. So if you want more information about Professional Diversity Network, stay tuned for more information. Hello, everyone. It's Jerron Grant from Technology Espresso, and I wanted to stop by and share with you all 
a great organization that I stumbled upon. The Professional Diversity Network wants better jobs for all Americans. When you join this network, you will increase your chances of getting hired, working the job that you love to do. Find a job that works for you at a company that's recruiting talented, diverse professionals. Visit www.prodivnet.com. The Professional Diversity Network also works with companies and organizations that specifically look to hire women, Hispanics, African Americans, LGBTs, military veterans, Asians, and professionals with disabilities. Create a profile today and start applying for jobs. Find your perfect opportunity and match. Also check out the new tool, Resonate, that will help score your resume. You can also view the professional diversity calendar for events and job career opportunities in your town. To find out more about jobs, careers, and networking events, go to www.prodivnet.com. And also follow the Professional Diversity Network on Facebook and Twitter. The upcoming events include January 18th at the Minneapolis Convention Center, February 9th at the NBC Suite at the Dallas Market Center, and February 23rd at the NBC Suite, Crystal City, Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com for a full list of broadcast archives, social media handles, and upcoming shows. Keep up with Technology Expresso while on the go by texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. That's texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. Thanks again, everyone. And remember, listen, learn, leverage, launch. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.